ridiculous, a ridiculous animal you are. I, I don't even care that I had to move you to the other room, Steak. Hello, fans of For Quality Assurance. That is me talking to my pet. I tried to start this episode without talking to one of my pets because we're trying to get right to the facts, but <laughs> I'm so... I'm so annoyed with what he was doing right before this, so I had to deal with that. Hello, this is a small podcast about small pets, um, and I didn't want to talk to my pets because today's episode is supposed to be really about the facts. Um, this is part of a suite of episodes we're going to do, which is called Stop Asking Me Annoying Questions About My Pet. Now, this one is about ready or slider turtles, and even to say turtles is sort of part of one of the things we'll talk about, but... Um, what this is meant to do is talk about sort of small pet owners, we often have stigmas attached to our pets. Um, people think certain things about them. People read certain things about them. Of course, annoying articles, uh, you know, articles about bad things get published more than good, even despite the Internet where pets being cute is sort of what people remember. It is what people end up talking about, the myths they hear, that's what they ask you about your small pets. So just to give you a preview on this first episode and to do a little housekeeping, we're going to do uh, the pets I've had and have. Um, so that's red-eared slider turtles, not turtles, um, ferrets, um, and hamsters. And maybe we'll even do a follow-up on my aquarium plant. But then um, we're going to do rats. We're going to do snakes. We're probably going to do reptiles in general, and we'll probably do bunnies, which I haven't had, but uh, it's worth it to answer these questions for people because small pet owners are constantly up against this of, I've heard this, I've heard that, isn't this true, uh, making them almost mythical animals, which for a small pet owner, they like because it's a unique animal that is different from the normal experience someone's having, but it can get tedious. And today we're going to do the most myth-riddled animal of all. Oh, quick uh, housekeeping note before we do this. I know today's Friday when you're hearing this. This podcast will now start coming out on Thursday. We've never missed a week. We've had a crazy schedule with this podcast recently, but we try to never miss a week. Um, it's now going – I have several other podcasts, uh, two of which film on the weekends, so now it's impossible to make something happen guaranteed on Monday. So this podcast will now come out on Thursdays, even though today's Friday. Okay, red-eared sliders, the most rumored – animal of all time, uh, not really, probably not, probably mm, dragon or vegetable lamb, uh, I don't know, uh, <laughs> it's not the most rumored, but let's, get, I said I wouldn't do it, I said I wasn't going to veer off track, let's get to the fact, now, a lot of people here would read you the Latin name, the Latin name's crazy for red ear sliders, and I'm not going to say it, okay, let's go with thing number one, they are often called red-eared slider turtles. And you, as a pet owner, are probably making someone listen to this episode and saying, listen, just, I don't want to answer all these questions about this pet I have, I'm going to get, have had, just listen to this. You, they say, oh, it's a turtle. Eh. No, it's not a turtle. Turtles live in the ocean. They have big flippers. They are giant. Um, I think the uh, main attribute of a turtle that you need to understand is that turtles live in water 99% of the time. They do not need to come out of water substantially. Obviously, uh, sea turtles breed on land. That's, that's sort of known, but that's a unique characteristic of them. Um, for the most part, they come out of water only to breed 
and they're really in water 100% of the time, for the most part. I'm not going to give a fake number, but for the most part, they're in water. That's, that's the main requirement here. They live in water. They are, they are sea life. Um, that's a turtle with the flippers, uh, with, the, with the big shell, with the, with the face and the big eyes. That's a turtle, eating jellyfish, all that stuff. But we're not covering turtles because you are probably a small pet owner and you can't own a turtle. So, <laughs> so that's the first thing to establish right off the bat is having to explain this. They are terrapins. Um, a terrapin, we, have to, we actually have to go to the other side. So turtles live only in water. And tortoises do not live in water at all. Tortoises have sort of hooves almost to their claws. They have um, more stubby feet. Um, they uh, um, live on land in a lot of different environments. Tortoises are in a surprise. I mean, we sort of think of tortoises as um, these exotic creatures, but you would be shocked to learn where they live. Um, and they, live, they can live in deserts, the almost opposite of water. So we're going to use that as a benchmark. Not that they live in deserts exclusively, which is something people think as well. But no, they live only on land for the most part. They, might, they will burrow in order to cool their bodies off. Um, or on a, I don't really think there's a lot of turtles. I would have to look up to see if there's a species known for this. But they don't use water to cool themselves off. So, that's a turtle is always, in land, is always in water. A tortoise is always on the land. What is a terrapin? A terrapin is what a red-eared slider is. A red-eared slider terrapin. The difference. They live in water for the most part, but they need to come on land. Um, they come on land for a bunch of reasons. One, um, to dry their shells out just simply because that's something that they need to do to grow and be healthier. Um, two, to get hotter, to elevate their blood level, to elevate their blood temperature, as we would, you know, as layman's sort of call it, um, when we go with hot-blooded and cold-blooded. This is part of that body regulation thing. Like I said, tortoises will burrow to cool themselves off or cover themselves or find shade. Um, terrapins will bask. Um, and come up on land, and you'll often see them on logs in, in, uh, in rivers and stuff. So, let's, let's get to this uh, fact-driven episode again. Not turtles. Stop asking that question. Um, let's go into some of the older myths that probably your your parents thought of, or if you're a, a, a little older of a listener of ours, maybe you had heard, um, and many of you probably did hear it in childhood. Uh, the majority of you heard this as a, as a child growing up. Um, the idea, the myth, that someone, and here's how you know it's a myth, it's very rare that someone knows something because it happened in a town near them. Unless it is this distinguishing characteristic. For example, I know someone that grew up in, in the town uh, where they did the whole trial for one of the first convicted woman serial killers. Morbid, I know, but it has to be something that big and crazy 
to for it to really have happened around you and it not to be this big event that you know the exact town, the exact names, often people will say, someone in my town, oh, you know, this girl in in Boston, this 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 kid, this this guy over in uh, Ann Arbor, yeah, his kid swallowed a turtle or she swallowed a turtle, the little boy swallowed a turtle, and they choked on it and died. And that's why... T- uh, turtles are illegal. That is so far from the truth. I've heard that from every single state. I've heard it from every single small town. It's not true. Here is what actually happened. Yes, there is a thinking that kids will put turtles in their mouths. But why is there a thinking that kids will put turtles in their mouths? Well, in the 1950s, um, after, you know, if you watch my movie, hamsters of history, you'll learn that people start to sell pets like they would sell parts to your car. That all the things you think about being sold at the back of comic books were also getting involved with living animals. And it sort of is how we got the modern pet trade. And just like hamsters and mice that will cover down the line and all sorts of small animals, animals that remain very small and are very sturdy at birth, um, they were sold in the back of magazines. And all over the country, people were buying through the mail uh, small turtles and buying them as pets. And they were thought of as kids' toys. Now, uh, we obviously know this to be crazy. Uh, so the reason it came up as a concern at all about kids' mouths is because kids do put things in their mouths. Whenever you sell something to a child, whenever you market to a child, and again, this is before we even start to have anti-marketing laws for kids before we start to um, see, question the deviousness of manipulating a child to pay money. But we're still seeing, around the same time when those laws are coming out, the concern that a ki- if you're selling something to a kid, he will put it in his mouth. You know, the 50s and 60s and 70s, and even the aftermath of those years, are riddled with recalls, are riddled with lead paint uh, scares, are they riddled with all these sorts of things where that wasn't a concern or it was a concern or people lied about the concern. It's a whole podcast in itself, the idea of uh, toys and things for kids that they're going to put in their mouth. But the really horrible and sad part to handle for you if you're a turtle uh, uh, lover or a terrapin lover, as we should call it, right, or a red-eared slider owner or... um, any of those things, or even a pet lover, or even just a normal person, is that the person getting very much ignored in that process was the turtle, was that these animals were being sold pretty pretty badly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why I have to convince you. Over male, they were being so- sold as toys, not as, as living creatures. So that mindset towards animals, that mindset towards this fictional animal almost, um, in 1975, passes this law that uh, turtles have to be sm- uh, bigger than four inches when you sell them. So, w- w- that sounds pretty clearly, Michael, like that's people saying, don't, don't sell your kids these toys, they're too small. It sounds very similar to a, you know, no child under three choking hazard sort of warning on a toy. No. What happened was... Um, a group of scientists, we're going to go with just the first name, M.L. Cohen, who shows up. It's the uh, easiest way to search the, the document. Um, they publish a paper 
saying that between 1970 and 1976, so this is after the year the laws have gone down, um, that there's a reduction in uh, salmonella caused by uh, turtles. Now, this might be because they passed any law, you know. I, again, this is speculation on my part, but it was all about... Uh, let me do my let me do my crazy speculation first, and then I'll go into what happened. Or should I do it the other way? Let's do it the other way. The law was all about salmonella. The law had nothing to do with someone in your town swallowing a turtle. Now, don't get mistaken. Don't then go, no, Johnny. I know Johnny's kid got sick or died from salmonella or died from swallowing a turtle. Remember, the way a story like that. And this is what we're trying to fight against. The way an insidious story, something so horrible like a child getting sick, um, is often told to everyone. And when you tell a story to everyone, all you're trying to do is get them to understand the facts. Turtle, mouth, dead. So, whether you're making sure someone understands salmonella, the still sort of misunderstood by the public at large disease at the time, or wh and whether they're trying to understand the idea of reptiles being harbingers of a disease, uh, carriers, which are pretty hard, to, which I don't really even ex understand how something is a carrier. You know, I don't understand the science between behind being a carrier of, a, of an illness or a virus or a disease and not being affected by it and even some scientists don't. Explaining that to the public at large, explaining that to the person who heard about the sick kid next to them is not gonna be the focal point. The focal point is gonna be explaining that it happened. So that's why this whole swallow, the, the animal thing became a point. And the fact that there was a risk of kids putting turtles in their mouths. It was a real issue because they were selling them as toys at the back of magazines. And they come very cute and little. If you have not seen a baby red ears lighter, go look it up. They are very small. Uh, okay, we will talk about the smallness of them when uh, we do my episode on my emotions behind uh, owning my two red ears sliders or having or taking care of my two red ears sliders. Um, so sometimes... A law just comes, now this is the crazy speculation, a law just comes out and it just changes things. Everybody knows now. It doesn't matter that it is the biggest danger. It matters that people are aware of the danger because of this passing of the law. Um, and they showed there was an 18% reduction after the law was passed in children under the age of nine getting salmonella from turtles. There you go. That's an effective number. I think if you look at that number itself, it sort of is a telling of all the back things I'm saying, all the different factors, all the different things that went into making that law. So that's number one. Two, let's go into can I get salmonella from your turtle? Aren't you just going to get salmonella hanging around reptiles? Sure, you totally can get it. But it isn't a guarantee. So one of the cool stories, if we want to talk about an exotic animal first, is that um, many years ago, uh, the, the Komodo dragon, if you're aware of it. Not an animal you can own. <laughs> and I'm not saying that. I think a lot of people, when they say, don't try and own a Komodo dragon. Did I say Komodo dragon? Oh, my God, Komono. Okay, okay. Komodo dragon. Not Kimono dragon. Okay, it's not a dragon that lives in a kimono. Although, if there was a, a lizard in a kimono, Michael would be very happy. Um... Don't do that either. It's a waste of a kimono. Um, so the Komodo dragon, which was thought years ago to uh, kill people through having a disgusting mouth. 
they thought the bacteria and things that grows in its mouth are, you know, it's this very big lizard, and it, it, uh, it doesn't have the benefit of constantly being near water like other giant lizards, and so, but it does, I don't know what their thinking was. I can be wrong about this first part of the fact, because their facts were wrong. So, a lot of reptiles carry salmonella, but they aren't necessarily infected with salmonella or affected by it. They just harbin, uh, are, uh, you know, uh, grow the disease inside them, most often in their saliva. So there was this thinking that the kimono dragon was so, I'm, I am going so soft on that D, and I just want everybody to know I know what the word is. I don't know why I'm messing it up. Um, they thought that it was killing people because its mouth was so disgusting, and there was no way you wouldn't get an infection or salmonella from getting bitten by the Komodo dragon. Well, it turns out years later they were wrong that um, there's a poison. <laughs> Somebody went, looked, found it, did some extra work. There's a poison in their mouth. That's what kills you. They do have disgusting mouths, but that's not going to kill you. But this shows you at the highest level, I have never seen a Komodo dragon. I have only seen films of Komodo dragons. I've never touched a Komodo dragon. So you're talking about someone has to be at a very high level of intelligence. They have to know about a Komodo dragon. They have to have gone and encountered one. They have to have been a scientist, pretty much, or someone studying them to theorize that what's killing you when you get bitten by them, you know, it's not a deadly poison like uh, uh, a snake or a poisonous snake or a snake Michael could have thought of or <laughs> to think list a poisonous snake. It's not going to kill you from its venom but, and a... Komodo dragon is just a very dangerous creature. It's a giant lizard. You, you know, if you don't die from getting attacked by it, this is what they're talking about. Just a single bite. Um, you're talking about a high level of person analyzing why this happens in a Komodo dragon. That shows you, in my theory, just how prevalent this idea of reptiles simply being disease spreaders is amongst even the highest level of people that it was plausible to them and probably plausible through science they had at the time to say, oh no, like, yeah, you just get, you just get salmonella. You just get like a crazy case of salmonella right away or you get infected because they're sort of gross. And I'm sure there was science behind it, but that shows you. Most people get their animals tested for uh, salmonella, their red ear sliders. Again, we won't, we won't talk about too much of that now, but the convention is when you go to a vet, to test the animal for salmonella. Now, there's two thinkings to it. One, if the animal isn't sick, there's not a huge reason to test it. Two, if you don't have kids, there's not a huge reason to test it. And then three, well, it either has salmonella or it doesn't. You know, it is something that they pick up from just being around lots of animals and, 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 other, and other, you know, uh, turtles that have it. So, but it's your pet already. You're going to the vet. And especially if you're doing it legally, you're bringing it to the vet at, when it's around four inches. So sort of at minimum for a red ear slider, you're talking about at least a four-year-old creature and a creature that's going to live a while and a creature that requires quite a bit. So it either has salmonella or it doesn't. So the third thinking is, well, why does it matter? You know, two scenarios. Either you're going to do things that you don't really find safe or that really most reptile experts wouldn't find safe with any water-dwelling reptile. 
One is you're going to let it walk around your house. Now, it's not bathroom trained. You are very likely to get um, any sort of uh, stool-borne, to, so we could, it's called the fecal mouth route, fecal oral route uh, for, for, for uh, diseases. From any stool from your animal, you're very likely to get uh, Campylobacter, um, any, any, any of those sort of food poisoning uh, things from their, from their stool. So, contr- so animals where you can control where and how they, they go to the bathroom is always better. So, so one, I always see videos of that, of people putting their red ear sliders to walk around their house, which I guess is a question your friends might ask you. And you might answer differently. You might be very comfortable and confident in, in letting your turtle walk around your house. Um, but of course, it's not safe, is it? It's not safe practices. Often, you know, it is advised with red ear sliders to let them have some time uh, Outside, people will say, let them get more space than you can even provide in a tank, which we're about to get to tanks. It's going to be the last part of this segment. Um, but so you're going to just let it run around. You want to know if it has salmonella, but it's not really a great idea to begin with. So I guess, yes, you can find out if it has salmonella if your plan is to let it roam your house and then put it back in its tank. But does, does that truly matter? Then the other scenario is you want to handle it. I handle all of my pets so that they are not ornery, so that uh, they can be used to being touched by me, not only in case of emergency, but because I feel closer to them. But then you don't want to wash your hands after. uh, Is the turtle going to be biting you all the time? Why is it biting you all the time? These are all questions that are sort of strange to answer and strange to determine why you would test your, your animal. But at the same time, people do test them a lot. The answer is... Can you get it from? Can you get salmonella from a turtle? One hundred percent. The government has passed a law to prevent you from that. Can you get it from any reptile? One hundred percent. There are probably some reptiles that don't carry salmonella, but the fact is, the risk from a, a reptile bite is always salmonella. It's never, even despite all the poisonous snakes you've heard of, the risk is always salmonella. Those are the facts. Um, but are they? Crawling with disease. I mean, yeah, in theory, everything is. All your animals are, oh, man, your dog is gross. I mean, you know, you're probably a small pet person, so it doesn't matter. But, I mean, your hamster is probably okay living in its poop. I don't want to get on other animals, but, you know, all animals, really, animals have a different relationship with, with uh, fecal matter than humans. And they are, they are gross. There's always that possibility. So, let's get on to the last thing here. One of the worst things I hear about red-eared sliders is... They're only supposed to live two weeks, which is one of the most insidious things that is ever said in the world of pets. Because what does it mean? Obviously, you don't believe that an animal that you haven't seen try to breed and in your house, you don't believe that that animal is supposed to live two weeks. You can't possibly believe that. And so... Are they supposed to live two weeks? No, but humans are so bad at taking care of red-eared sliders that, indeed, often they do die in two weeks. Um, I have read a stat. I have not seen this study. Uh, this group, I think, may have fallen out of uh, funding, but they did a study which showed that, that red-eared sliders were the most abused animal uh, nowadays because, or, or when I read it, which was probably five years ago, 
that 90% of redder sliders that go home with people die, even though in the wild they have almost the opposite survival rate. So I haven't seen an updated stat on that as to how people are doing it, but that is, you know, their survival rate in the wild is very high. They're born in shells. They're um, born with pretty hard shells. Even even in a very, very young stage, their shells are pretty hard. Um, they live, red-eared sliders are, make no mistake about it, in most environments they live in, one of the apex predators. Um, getting to sort of how you should... Uh, take care of your animal uh, in the 50s and even now today I've seen them as of four years ago I was still seeing these tanks um, tanks sort of marketed for turtles with this little thing they can crawl up on um, with no filter that is barely two times the size of the animal um, with no lighting no way to set up lighting no way to set up heat which is super important, a heat lamp. You know, these animals, when they're out in the wild, sit on rocks in the sun for hours at a time to heat their bodies up. You need a heat lamp. For almost every reptile, you need a heat lamp. So, where the abuse comes from is that people don't bother to buy a filter. They don't bother to buy a water heater. They don't bother to buy a fluorescent lamp, a UV, a UV lamp as it's called, UVA and UVB, which is what uh, uh, turtles need. Turtles need both because they need regular sunlight and they need sunlight for growing shell like we need, like it's good for your, your skin and nails, the sun. They need that natural vitamin D from, from light, or not natural, what's natural? But uh, <laughs> people won't buy them. And yes, that animal will die, most often from infection, which is not unlegitimate for a problem. Don't feel bad, like I'm shaming you, like if your turtles have had infections. You know, animals that live in water and making sure that setup is good for them, you know, infections are, are what's gonna happen and that, that's just something you have to deal with. Um, eye infections, most common thing that happens to uh, red ear sliders in, in uh, bad water. They get puffy there. It's really, it's really horrible. And so that's the number one thing is people say, I'm going to get this turtle and I'm going to bring it home and I'm just going to put it in a thing and it's going to live. Let's go with the last myth here. They put the turtle, they got the turtle, and they grow giant. Unless someone really cares about that turtle, it's not growing giant. Um, but it can grow giant. Let's not dissuade the myth entirely. Now, if you care for your turtle, if it has a big enough tank, it will grow very large. What's the life expectancy for red-eared sliders is the other part of it. Yes, 50 to 60 years. I will, in all likelihood, if I'm a very lucky person, and we don't want to get into my red-eared sliders, but I probably will have them for most of my life. They are lifetime companions. Um, do they get monstrous and eat the people in the house? You probably have never heard that myth, but you probably have heard that they get huge. They do get very big. One thing with most shelled animals is you can manipulate them to grow within the size of the container they're in. So while we are talking about keeping water clean and for the most part making turtles live in a safe, healthy environment, uh, it is a common practice to see, in even in good pet stores, you will see sometimes shelled animals like 
crustaceans and shelled animals like uh, turtles living in a slightly smaller, not too small, but a slightly smaller tank than they need to live in. Especially with crustaceans, it is very small because you don't want to be in a situation in which you have a nice, so this is the flip side of it. The, the, let's talk about, sorry, I, inter I interrupt myself a lot. On one side of the spectrum, you have the person that buys a turtle and doesn't care for it at all. But on the other side of the spectrum, you have the really c careful pet owner that ends up just getting a, a raw deal because they buy this tank and they do everything right. They buy the tank before the pet. They research the pet. They get everything there. They have the temperature right. They do a few test runs of making sure the water is good, cleaning it out, you know, trying all these things. And they have it set up, and then they go, and they buy a, a turtle or a crustacean or something with shells, and they bring it to their tank, and within a week, it's massive because the, the person at the place had it in a very big, comfortable tank, and it's it's a massive tank, and it's a, I mean, it's a massive turtle, and the turtle just starts growing because it's been used to in this pet store, this giant tank, and now this person who spent a lot of money making this one tank to fit this animal, the animal is giant. It's massive, and you have to get a new tank or else it feels cruel. So that does that. that is the other side of it. But these animals do get big. I have a male and a female, um, just so you can get a perspective on it. The males are smaller than the females. There's actually a theory that uh, they only breed in the winter uh, because that's the only time that the females are not, uh, you know, sort of part of their courtship is a little bit of a battle between the two that, you know, showing their strength of the male turtle. And there's a theory that the winter, obviously winter is where uh, these animals hibernate, which that's a real thing, turtles hibernate. And that is when they gestate and, and create and make eggs and nests and things like that. And the theory is that the only reason it happens right before the winter is because uh, <laughs> the male turtles are so puny compared to the female turtles that they will, the female turtles will always be able to fight off the male uh, <laughs> if it's not like just cold out. Um, so yeah, they do hibernate and make eggs and the females are much, much bigger. They get huge. Um, I have heard and read and seen through varying, you know, obviously there's a lot of work done on it, but 12 to 18 inches is sort of the max size for a red-eared slider. Um, if you'd like to see a red-eared slider, oftentimes, this goes to the abuse, the turtle does get bigger, and not because the person needs to get a new tank or the, tur the, tur the turtle is having health issues and, they, and they're going to get a new tank and they can't afford to keep doing it, which is sort of a myth, but whatever happens is that someone decides to abandon the turtle. And you will often see in zoos, living amongst alligators and crocodiles, red ear sliders. Because it's, for even for an alligator or a crocodile, it is very difficult to attack this animal. That's how sturdy they are. And that's how sad it is that you're saying that, that these animals die from bad conditions. Because, you know, and again, if you've had a red eared slider and something went wrong health-wise, we're not shaming you. All we're saying is the idea that, you know, if you have the right tank and the right everything and then something goes wrong, not your fault. But the idea that when people abandon these things, zoos that have the adequate environment will put them in with dinosaurs is sad to think that these animals are being put in the wrong environment.
it's 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 sad. Um, let's go through rapid fire here towards the end. Just a bunch of other uh, uh, myths along the way. Uh, are they are they sold in Chinatown? Yep. Um, they are. They are. Um, it's illegal to buy them, um, but that is true. They're not called uh, Chinatown turtles. Uh, do they hibernate? I just how do they live outside all the time? Yes, they hibernate. They do all that. Um, are they illegal to own? No. Uh, there's the four inch rule. They are not illegal to own. They're not dangerous to own. Um, and yes, they will live a very long time. Are they an invasive species? One hundred percent. They often are invasive, not just because of uh, you know the fact that they were moved from their native home originally, but the fact that you know in order to to be pets, but the fact that some people do release them, and the fact that sometimes they will be put in an environment by people, you know, there is no real precise way to release an animal into the wild, but people that are scientists, you know, have a method, and there are some species that are better than others to release into the wild, but even that has caused them to be an invasive species. It's invasive species. They are an apex predator. They are almost undefeatable, and they are uh, 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 very prolific breeders. Um, are they eaten? Yep, 100%. Um, are they adorable? Yep, they are, and I love them. And that brings us to what we are going to talk about on the next episode. And so you might not, you might not send this to your friends that keep asking you, you know, questions about your pets. But you, as a pet owner, um, may want to listen to this next episode because the next episode about myths and rumors is going to be about my experience with my red-eared slider turtles and how I went through all of the the, the fact learning and the, the setting up of things and, and, and making that decision to own, uh, take care of, um, be friends with, live with, really, these types of animals. Um, so that'll be, we're, we're doing most of these in two parts. You know, red-eared sliders have a lot of myths behind them. I have a feeling that we won't be doing the episodes where I've never owned one in two parts, uh, just because there's probably not as much emotion. And then some of the emotion we have covered on other episodes, um, but that doesn't mean that we won't go full into it and get the full story of me buying the turtles, of me buying uh, my hamsters, of me buying uh, my ferret steak. And so that is who is being a very bad boy today. And that's what I'm going to have to do after recording this episode. But next week, you'll hear Stop Asking Me Annoying Questions Part 2 of this. And uh, it'll be about the emotions and myths and things I feel towards my very squishy shell friends.